Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain unlimited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Help people affected by the California wildfires by visiting redcross.org or text CA Wildfires to 90999 to give $10 to the American Red Cross California Wildfires Relief. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's going on, everybody? DJ Bucky here, Move the Six Takeaway Podcast. Buck, how you doing, Buck? Man, I'm doing great. Man, you know what I love about the NFL? The NFL is the greatest soap opera. Just when you think you know what it's oh, about you don't to know anything. place, yeah. you don't know anything. No, no clue. Nothing. I mean, I'm sitting there, scene set here, before we get to our takeaways. I'm, uh, I'm in Oakland for the Chargers-Raiders game, and uh, before the game starts, I'll have my computer open, and I'll just be have some different games on there. Uh, waiting for this game to start, and you're just flipping around, and you're just Kansas City, uh, Arizona was hanging with Kansas City for a yeah. minute. I'm like, yeah. what is going on here? Yeah. And then, I, then I flip over. I'm like, Buffalo. Whoa, what happened? Uh, all of <laughs> a sudden, Buffalo can score points. Like, it just you don't know what you're going to get. Matt Barkley week. off the couch gives them a better chance to win than anybody they had at quarterback on their roster. It's unbelievable. I said on the sheet right here, Buck, that the the Saints are Super Bowl contenders. That actually is not what I said. Because I wrote down the Saints are Super Bowl favorites. If the season ended right now, this is the best team in the NFL. Breeze from the empty backfield, drops back, looks in the slot. Mike Thomas across the end zone. Touchdown, Saints. Unbelievable. 17 yards, Mike Thomas across the middle. His second touchdown of the day. Yeah, that was a, I mean, that was a thrashing there with the Saints going on the road against Cincinnati. And one of the things about this team, I've said it, I know other people have, have said the same thing. Well, okay, we'll see how they do when they get on the road and play a tough opponent. Well, what they did is they got the Bengals defensive coordinator fired. <laughs> I mean, man, he got fired after half a season. Done. That is unbelievable. And there were some that believe it was a secession plan in place where Terrell Austin would have the opportunity to replace Marvin Lewis. But... Marvin Lewis pulled a plug on that experiment. Look at look at these last teams, Buck. Uh, I, the Giants were terrible, okay? So they'd won their, their the three games they started in a row, Browns, Falcons, Giants, okay. But since then, look at the look what they've racked up here. Redskins, not a bad team. At the Ravens, not an easy place to play. At the Vikings, 
like at home against the Rams and then on the road against the Bengals. I mean, they they they're not playing the, the the lowest of the low in the NFL right now. No, they're not. And the way they're doing it, um, they're doing it like Super Bowl teams should do it. Like when you're looking at Super Bowl teams, you're looking for like those weaknesses, the fatal flaws that can come back to bite them. But when I look at this team, this team is pretty intact, with the exception of maybe their pass coverage and their ability to consistently get after the passer. But offensively, they can control the game. Drew Brees, 22 or 25, 265 yards, three touchdowns. Running the ball. Mark Ingram, 13 for 104. Alvin Kamara, 12 for 56, two touchdowns. People thought I was kind of being over the top when I said this could be the best backfield of all yeah, time. People keep throwing that at you, by the way. I mean, but, but I mean, like the, the numbers, numbers are say, the numbers, the numbers say, yeah. like they play a style that you absolutely love. I like how Sean Payton does it. And I wrote this, man, I, I spent so much time writing this big old thing on Dez Brown. I was ready for Dez. Oh, Dez nothing. And then he, he pops his Achilles yeah. the day before. But this team is really built to win. I like how they're positioned. And you're right. You have to kind of pencil them in as the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Well, you know I, I love dropping music references on here. Oh. My my soundtrack for the Saints when you watch their offense, Rhythm Nation. No. That's what it is. I mean, Drew Brees is in such a zone right now, in such a rhythm. He hits his back foot, and he knows exactly where the football is going, and it's gone. I, I had a chance to talk to, to Mark Schlereth uh, before the, the game. Stank. I was at. He's great. And, and brought up a great point. We were talking about Phillip Rivers. And, uh, and talking about Tom Brady and some of these older quarterbacks and Drew Brees came up, just guys are having all the success. And he said, why would you want to quit when you finally get the answers to the test? Like, like they do. Drew Brees knows exactly what's happening before the ball is snapped, knows exactly where he wants to go with the football, and he's accurate as all get out. I, I was watching the tape this morning, and you can freeze it. Look, the ball never comes back behind his helmet. Like, it, the ball, it's, it, everything is right boop. here. Just, just boop, boop. It is darts. I mean, people say throwing darts. He literally is just throwing darts. And it's, it's stealing. It absolutely is stealing the way they're moving the ball. And the way it looks right now, uh, they're going to have home field advantage in the playoffs is what it looks like. And I don't see, I don't see them losing at home. They should have been, truthfully, they should have at least been in the, in the conference championship game last year, if not the Super Bowl. Absolutely. If not for the weird play down there in Minnesota. No, I mean, they are, I mean, they're well positioned to be there. The only thing that kind of prevents me from writing them right into the championship game in terms of getting home field, their division is tough. So having to play the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers could be tough on them, whereas the Rams don't have to play that tough in-division schedule. Could give them an opportunity to win home field. But we've seen their home field, the Rams' home field, is not quite like what the Saints get when they play in the Dome. Two games with the Panthers uh, to finish up the season there in the last few weeks will be, uh, will be interesting. Two of their last three games against the Panthers, so that will go a long way in deciding that division. All right, Buck, what do you got next? Andrew Luck is back. Luck wide open to the end zone, lobs it for Eric Ebron, touchdown, touchdown, a 12-yard pass, wide open was Eric Ebron, that's his third touchdown of the half, and the Colts lead 20-7. to Hey man, uh, look, I, Frank Reichert is a personal friend, a former teammate, but never in my wildest dreams did I think that he could get this team back on track based on what they had on paper. The fact that they're sitting at four and five, Andrew Luck is playing um, at a very, very high level despite coming back from an injury. And the way that they're doing it is more remarkable to me. I, we've talked about on this podcast multiple times that they need to be able to run the ball to take care of the football, alleviate some of the pressure. Well, I'm looking at the stats, 23 for 81 rushing yards. That's not enough to necessarily offset it. But what they have found, they are using the tight end and throwing the ball in the middle of the field to control the game. Three tight ends, Eric Ebron, Mo Alley-Cox, and then Jake Doyle. 
those guys combined for eight receptions. Eric Ebron had three touchdowns, two touchdowns reception. Then he had a little reverse for a touchdown. But they are finding a way to create mismatches by bringing in these run-heavy sets and attacking your base defense because they have better athletes at tight end than you do at linebacker and safety. And I just love the way they're doing it. And they're able to not only max protect Andrew Luckett sometimes, they also are able to get the ball out quick. And on defense, they're playing with the energy and effort and enthusiasm that you like to see. I just kind of like this this team and where they're going. And they got a big game coming up with the Tennessee Titans that could le- legitimately put them in the mix to have a that? run for a playoff berth that no one outside of the Indianapolis Colts staffers and team could have expected. I'm going to give you three numbers and see if you can figure it out. You're not going to be able to figure this out. It's kind of tricky. 7.5, mm. the number three, and the number one. You ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. 7.5. That's the amount of money, $7.5 million Eric Ebron's getting this year, which looks like a bargain in hindsight. Oh, my gosh. Two years, $15 million, what he signed for with the Colts. Three, the three touchdowns he had in the game, and he's been on fire all season long. The one, uh, unrelated, just his North Carolina Tigers have one win. So <laughs> I, just, I, thought I, I thought I would just fire that one in there right now. They need more players. Like They need some more Bucky Brooks and Eric Ebron's down there in Chapel Hill. Man, Eric Ebron, nine touchdowns on the year. We got him right, man. That's nine, what I'm saying. Hey, never, never quit on talent. Never quit on it. And so it talk goes about back to, that. The, to the old thing where we talk about. Oakland Raiders, old school. Always, Al Davis. Always kick the tires on a first-round guy because at some point somebody thought he was talented enough to be drafted in that first round. That ability's in there somewhere. So the you got to try and find it. has to be the right. right environment. So now, like the funny thing is, now let's look at the Detroit Lions. You think they could use a guy like Eric Ebron yeah, to they. control the field after they got rid of Golden Tate? Man, great find. Um, and when – Frank Wright was talking. He was talking about, like, hey, he's our LeBron James. He talked about this before the season. He's LeBron James. We can put him on one side, clear out, and create mismatches. Everyone kind of snickered and laughed. I think Frank Wright's having the last laugh. And, and on the touchdown to Mo Ali Cox, when you watch the tape, Ebron's open on a corner. He could have four touchdowns in that. Oh, game. I mean, just, just dropping it in, playing with the confidence. It's just understanding how important the tight end position can be. The Indianapolis Colts, man, hats off to them for what they're doing with the tight ends, working inside out. All right, big day for Baker is my next takeaway. Higgins and Duvall go out wide left. Landry and Callaway near side of the right. Duke Johnson, the running back. Mayfield shotgun back to pass. Baker throws. Caught. It's Duke Johnson. He's going in. Touchdown. All right, so I watched this this morning to see what was going on here. And a couple takeaways. First of all, came out early in this game and really got Mayfield in a rhythm. I keep coming back to that word rhythm. Talked about with Drew Brees. It's the same thing with Mayfield. They're in 21 personnel, first play of the game. A quick little play action slant. Back foot's in the ground, ball's gone. Second play, 13 personnel. They have three tight ends out there. Max protection, nice rhythm out. Back foot, ball's out before you even get out of the break. Uh, The next play, stay in that 13 personnel, three tight ends. Rhythm, uh, a little in in cut. Uh, I believe it was by the tight end. So everything was back foot, you're protected, back foot, ball out. Protected, back foot, ball out. And then as the game started to go on, now you start to see them spread you out a little bit. You saw some of those Oklahoma concepts, hitting Callaway on slants and different things. But, Buck, out, you know, the touchdown, he extends the play. But the majority of these plays in this game was in pocket, in rhythm, and they got Baker Mayfield uh, really rolling here. I thought Freddie Kitchens did a nice job. You know, Freddie Kitchens did do a really nice job. And I think here's the, the underrated part of what we're discovering in the National Football League. Everyone wants to talk about it being a passing league, and it is to a point. But what the good teams are doing, 
They're using the threat of the run to create opportunities to throw the ball. Play action is still the best way to get all quarterbacks easy completions, but really young quarterbacks. And what we're seeing, less is more with Baker Mayfield. 20 passes attempts, 17 for 20, 216 yards, three touchdowns. They had 29 rushing attempts, ran the football. Chuck so was awesome. Throw early, run late. But you used the threat of the run early to back them off. You didn't complete some passes. They back off, then you run it. Um, I just love what they're doing. And when you're trying to play what we call a defensive-type game, running the ball helps you. They have a level of toughness. And now you're beginning to see the Cleveland Browns kind of display some of that confidence. I kind of like what Greg Williams is doing with Freddie Kitchens as the offensive coordinator. And, look, didn't get sacked. I mean, I talked about that max protection early in the game. Protected Baker, got him uh, confident, got him in a rhythm. And one of the things I was thinking about, because I watched this tape back-to-back after I watched Breeze, and Breeze was my first takeaway there uh, with the Saints. Everybody's talking about, okay, you got to go study Oklahoma, study Oklahoma, make Baker comfortable. And I'm sitting here going, no, 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 go study the Saints, what the Saints are doing. And I'm going to actually do a little video on this today on the aftermath because – some of the exact same concepts where you'll see uh, you're, you're in the gun, you got split backs, you got a receiver, just come on a little slant, just kind of post up and get the little quick little wheel out with the back. They both they both ran that same play. They were effective. The screen game, both those teams use the screen game a little bit. That's where they need to be studying the Saints. Yeah, because, it, look, the, the comp that most people want to make is Baker Mayfield will be Drew Brees. Well, if we're going to say that he's going to be Drew Brees, Let's take the blueprint that has helped Drew Brees have the success that he has. Drew Brees, for all the things that we talked about, even in looking at that last game where they put up 51 points, it is the balance between the run game, man go up with the passing game concepts, and being able to throw off play action. And finding easy completions. Easy completions, easy windows, max protects, one- and two-man routes, being able to make sure that he's comfortable. The Cleveland Browns have done that. So, yes, what you're saying is absolutely right. Yes, you can mix in the Oklahoma stuff. But go steal a little portion of that New Orleans Saints playbook and some of the stuff that even Russell Wilson does. Max protect, get the ball out on rhythm. And I think a lot of these, a lot of smart play callers in the league right now, I'd say probably we have about five, right? About five or six coordinators are operating on a different level than everybody else. Um, and you know they study one another. I, I think Sean Payton has even Yeah, I read, I, I read that uh, last week. Albert Breer, our former colleague here, yeah. wrote something about Sean Payton, how Sean Payton studies the Kansas City Chiefs. He studies the Eagles. Sean, the Eagles. He studies the L.A. Rams. And he takes some of those concepts, and he's like, oh, okay, I can add that. That fits with what we're doing. I think the great ones are one, two steps ahead of what everyone else is doing. So they actually – there was a play when I was watching it uh, that, that made total sense because because you're watching the Saints, and sorry, going back to them right here. But there's a player on the back side. So it basically just get into a vertical with, with a drag and then getting him up the seam. We saw that the yep. Philadelphia Eagles in London got her tight end, yes. drags all the way across the field and comes Rolls up the up. seam. And they did the exact same thing. Sean Payton did the exact same thing. So it's just fun to watch the guys that are being creative and how they're kind of copying one another and, and taking little bits and pieces from each other. Yeah, because that's what you have to do. You have to be able to find a way to create some – easy completions for your quarterback and it's not about stealing plays in fact that play that you talk about there that's an old Gary Kubiak play that's an old play action play that he's run for years Mm -hmm. we've seen Shanahan both Shanahan's Mike and Kyle use those plays look everything in the league gets recycled once you put it on tape it's there for everybody to steal it someone sits in the office and they just steal plays and give it to the offensive minds the best play callers the best play designers are not afraid to borrow from their brethren all right what's your next takeaway buck changes could be coming in new york barkley takes play action fake looks into the end zone fire short he's got a man open and it is dawkins touchdown buffalo Deion dawkins touchdown who are these guys who are these guys the bill 
Mills with a seven-yard touchdown pass to Deion Dawkins. Oh, it's Murph. I think it's John Murphy. That's that's a fantastic call right there. That Buffalo is a fan. Bills. I mean, it's a fantastic call. If you're the Buffalo Bills, you have to be ecstatic that you're able to get a guy off the street in Matt Barkley who's been there a little over a week, maybe two weeks. Get him in. He starts over Nathan Peterman, goes 15 for 25, 232, two touchdowns. Shady McCoy has a 100-yard game. Marcus Murphy, who? Marcus Murphy has 69 yards rushing. That's the kind of day that the Buffalo Bills had. And so when you think about that and you think about all the conversation heading to the game about how could the Buffalo Bills trot out a Matt Barkley, the conversation now has to turn to the New York Jets and understand why did it happen? Yeah. How did it happen? Well, here's here was this was this Sam Donald Appreciation Day? Because everybody kind of was lumping all their struggles. Oh, well, you know, Sam Donald's just not a lot of turnovers. He's not. Whatever. We talked about it a little bit. Hey, he's got to play better. But then you look at it and say, okay, Josh McCown. We know what Josh McCown is. He might not be an A-level quarterback, but he's a solid C-plus mm-hmm. type quarterback who's going to be able to move the ball. He has done. He's shown that throughout his career. They were inept. They couldn't do anything offensively. So to me, it shows. Like that, all, their struggles and, and the fact that they were even competitive earlier in the season with Sam Donald, tip your cap to him, that wasn't all on him. Their struggles, I know the turnovers he had trying to make plays, but McCown here, no touchdowns, two picks. They, they couldn't move the football against a team that's all-day average. Uh, all of the talent for the Jets is on the defensive side of the ball. Now, I don't know how they give up 41 points with that defense and the players that they have on defense, but they gave up 41 points. Offensively, there's no one on their roster outside of Sam Donald that you would be – clamoring to have on your football team no one there's no one that is a top marquee name there's no one that you would make calls and inquire like hey can I get there's no one there it's just a quarterback and so this team the changes are going to happen and probably happen on the coaching staff but I think you have to take a long hard look at how this roster was constructed and be honest because whoever takes over it's going to be an offensive mind all the resources have to go to the offense all All the Everything has to go to the offensive side of the ball to give the young quarterback a chance, and we saw that with a veteran in Josh McCown. But why you might see a change in the coaching side, though, is is to me is not even the inept offense. Is the fact you have a defensive-minded head coach with some personnel on defense, and, and defense, you give up 41 points to Matt Barkley. To, I mean, to the Buffalo Bills. Can't like, do that. Come on. Like, it can't happen. All right, let's get to the, uh, the next takeaway here. Uh, thank goodness, because the Chiefs and the Rams were able to avoid upsets to set up a huge game next week. Five wide for Russell Wilson. He's alone in the shotgun. Here comes the Coliseum crowd. Can the Rams' defense get off the field? Four-man rush. Wilson feeling the heat. Strip sack. Ball down at the 20. Still loose at the 15. The Rams fall on it at the 10. Recovered by the Rams and Dante Fowler Jr. You heard it right there. That was the Rams game. They pull one out uh, against the Seahawks in a tight game. And the Chiefs. Reference it a minute ago, the Cardinals and the Chiefs, a closer game than the score would indicate there. 26-14, the Cardinals hung around for a long time. Uh, Selfishly, I'm glad they both won because it sets up a huge showdown. The game of the year in Mexico City this coming Monday night, uh, Chiefs and Rams. I cannot wait for that one, Buck. No, it's going to be a great matchup. But but I think there's some concerns um, that I have for the Rams. And the main concern that I have, I I worry about their defense. Um, before I was just worried about the pass defense, but I think what we're seeing, back-to-back games, the Seattle Seahawks have been able to do whatever they want to do in the run game. Yeah. They've been able to be out physical um, at the point. They've been able to out physical them at the point of attack. They've been able to do whatever it is they want to do when it comes to grinding it out. And I think what teams are going to do, they're going to look at the tape and they're going to be like, hey, that is the way that you attack the Rams. You hit them up the gut, and yes, you have Indomitian Sue and you have Aaron Donald. But at the second level, when they let Alec Ogletree go in a trade, they really haven't brought back 
a marquee linebacker. Mark Barron is an oversized safety that they've transitioned to linebacker, but they don't have a thumper. And so until they're able to show teams that they can stop the run, they're going to get a heavy dose of inside run because it has been a weakness between that and then being able to take double moves and shots at Marcus Peters. The Rams' defense has been leaky, far leakier than we expected going into the season. Other concern, Cooper Cup's gone for the year uh, with an ACL. That's a big loss for it's them. It's a big team. loss. They, they live in 11 personnel. I mean, they don't change. Like 95%. Like, they, 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 they really don't change. I'm watching the game, and I'm like, Man, they never substitute. Yeah. Like, they are in 11 personnel. They do everything out of their 11 personnel sets. Um, it, it, it's, it's a transition. They do a great job of developing young receivers. Someone will step up. Josh Reynolds has made some plays for them. They have some other guys that have been able to kind of go in and make plays. But Cooper Cup was really a very, very key piece to what they were able to do. He was the intermediate route runner, did a lot of the dirty work. They even got him involved in some of the jet sweep, fly sweep stuff that they do. So, yeah, it's a bit of a loss for them. But I would say their offensive talent, they have enough offensive talent to make up for it. I am really beginning to worry about this defense, and the clock is ticking. They have to get this solved because they will continue to see these teams attack them with the run game until they're able to consistently stop Well, they're going to see a big-time offense uh, uh, coming forward here with the Kansas City Chiefs. And this Chiefs team – Look, this game was close. It was competitive for a while, and I think one of the reasons Arizona was able to control the ball. And, and early on in this game, I think right after their first score, they tried onside kick. And I'm sitting here going, why not? Why not? You're Arizona. You've got two wins. You're two and six coming into that game against a Chiefs team that's moving the ball up and down the field against everybody they play. I'm wondering when somebody's going to fully commit to it, Buck, and say, you know what? In order to beat the Chiefs, we got to steal a possession or two. And we say it all the time. Steal possession to play red zone defense, holding the threes. Yep. They're going to move the ball between the 20s darn near every possession. Yes. So why not? Why not onside kick two or three times every time you score and see if, if you get one or two of them, you steal possession. Then guess what, guys? We've got to buckle down, play red zone defense, hold them to three. Yeah. I mean, That's I, a win against this offense. I think it is a win, and I think they did a good job of slowing them down. I think the other thing, and speaking to the Cardinals directly, this is how I thought the Cardinals would play when they named Josh Rosen the starter. I yeah. thought it would be a lot of David Johnson. When you look at David Johnson, David Johnson had 28 touches. Mm, he had almost 200 scrimmage yards, 98 rushing, 85 receiving. This is what we expected. He had nine targets in the passing game. This is what we expected from him. Larry Fitzgerald had 50 yards. He's a, he passed uh, T.O. to become the second all-time leading receiver in terms of receiving yards. And so I thought the Cardinals would play more like this. Brian Leftwich is doing a really good job. Josh Rosen is going to make those mistakes that we saw had two interceptions. But for the Chiefs, uh, this is the kind of game that they have to expect. Teams are going to play what I call Wisconsin basketball against them. Yep. They can play keep away. They're going to run to the corners. They're going to dribble it out. And they're going to see if they can kind of get them into the fourth quarter and see if they can steal a win. They were able to get away with a win this time, but they know that they're going to see this strategy more times. Well, interesting thing. Pat Mahomes sacked five times. The Cardinals got now, him in this game. This is, in, in watching that, that, that game. That would be what would concern edge, yeah. The edge is really soft. Chandler Jones had his way with Eric Fisher. They were leaving. The edge is exposed. Eric Fisher can't guard a speed. He, he can't slow down a speed rusher off the edge. Which which I know we've got – there's a huge game coming up we're talking about with the Rams and the Chiefs. But fast forward even further into the future, you know, the team with the second best record, we'll get to them here in a little bit, it's the Chargers. Oh, yeah. And they have, the Chiefs haven't been able to distance themselves from them inside that division. And you get Joey Bosa back and saw but some, that's, saw that's some problem. cracks and in, that, in, and, the, in the foundation. And that is why the Chargers could – kind of backdoor into the title Vision, yeah. because their best pass rusher is coming late. He's going to be fresh. 
He's going to be ready. He and Melvin Ingram, they're learning how to play without him. When they get him, they can reincorporate him. And because Eric Fisher and those tackles aren't the best pass protectors, it could be an issue for the Chiefs. All right, before we get to the next takeaway, uh, let's handle some business here. G Suite is a suite of cloud-based productivity tools that includes Gmail, Docs, Slides, Sheets, and Drive. These tools improve your work life both in terms of your experience and the outputs you create. Hence the new campaign, Make It With G Suite. You know, when you have 20 identical versions of a document labeled final and no clue which is the latest, so you make another version and name that one final final, right? Well, with G Suite by Google Cloud, a range of work apps like Gmail, Docs, and Slides lets you make real-time updates to the same document without having to keep track of version after version of the project. And since all the tools are cloud-based, your whole team can access the same document and work on the same page at the same time. To find out more about G Suite's productivity tools, visit gsuite.com. That's gsuite.com. Make it with G Suite by Google Cloud. Snap Trubisky, four-man rush with all kinds of time. Loads up right. Todd Miller at the 25 in Detroit. Breaks a tackle to the sideline. 10-5. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Bears on second and five. Play action to Miller. 45-yard. Touchdown throw. If I'm a Chicago Bears fan, I'm excited because Mitchell Trubisky is finally playing like a franchise quarterback. The man, guy, all these Tar Heels are playing great in the NFL, man. Can we get the team, the college team, to play well? Hey, man, it's basketball season. Jeez. Not even worried about that. We're basketball season. We brought on a Dookie last week. It's basketball. But in thinking about Mitchell Trubisky, like this is what we thought. Um, you're hoping that he would turn out to be this kind of player when you take him number two overall. Matt Nagy has really unlocked his potential. Talking about a guy having a 300-yard game, three touchdowns, and we're seeing the full array of skills that he brings to the quarterback position. Not only as a pocket passer, but his ability to make plays on the run. We saw a quarterback draw for a touchdown. And so when you're looking at this team, you're saying, okay, maybe, just maybe, this team will be able to win and still be able to work around the quarterback, Hats off to Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy has found a way to get some production out of a quarterback who is still trying to find his way into the Have you seen the new the Jumanji movie? Yeah. Yeah. You know in that movie they have the stone and you need to put the stone in the Jaguar's like face to get everything, all the problems of the world to be solved? Yeah. That was like Matt Nagy. They needed to get – Matt Nagy had to get that stone. Once they got Matt Nagy, he was the stone that went into the, to the statue there. And that, that just made everything better. That's what he's done. You unlocked. That's exactly the image is what's happened. They've, they did a nice job in the offseason. Ryan Pace deserves a lot of credit for getting some weapons uh, around Mitchell Trubisky. So we say it all the time, right? We say about protection, playmakers, and, uh, and what was the other one? Play caller. Play caller. Yeah. So you got the play caller. You got the playmakers. The protection, surprisingly good. I think the sum is greater than individual parts when you look mm-hmm. at their offensive line. But they've done a nice job. And then when you watch that tape, Buck, the uh, I wrote down rut row release by Robinson because oh, at the line of scrimmage nice, his releases nice, were nasty. He, he had some nice releases. The, game uh, over at the, the line of scrimmage. Release that he had on a they went an empty formation. They Ooh. put him on the backside, let him work in the slot. Shed it was on he shed. It was not good. Had his way with him in the slot. You have to like that. Um, I like what the Chicago Bears are doing. I like how they're trying to get their young quarterback going. Hats off to the Bears. They're, they're looking good and defensively. Khalil Mack came back, and he has really given him. I will say this about Khalil Mack, though, because uh, I I feel bad for offensive line when this happens. Look, nine times out of ten, you're never going to see an NFL offensive lineman just get thrown to the ground unless something happens. So when I went back and watched that, that play that was all over Twitter from one angle of of, uh, 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 Decker getting just chucked Mm -hmm. to the ground, 
when you go back and watch it, he got stepped on. So his foot got stepped on by his guard. So it looks so bad for him. You feel bad for him. Then you watch the tape, and you're like, okay, that makes a little more sense because Khalil Mack threw him to the ground like a rag. Oh, but he got stepped him. on. He got stepped on. So that wasn't uh, wasn't on him. Okay. But it was nasty. And the other one was the other the other sack he had was big time as well. They went one on. They left him Rick Wagner one on one with him on the right side. I love it when the back the back releases inside, like he's just a little scan release. Bro, like you can't give me something like just a nudge, something like nothing, nothing. Unbelievable. So, anyways, you don't want to leave uh, Khalil Mack one on one with your right tackle. I don't care who you are. No, I don't think that's a good plan. I think you have to have a better way to protect him. And man, Detroit Lions, a little bit of a disappointment. Oh, not good. All right, let's uh, let's get to the next takeaway, Kent. And they'll bring the house. Rivers throws to Gordon on the screen. One man to miss, and of course he makes a miss. 40, 45, midfield, 50, 40. No one in front of him. Flash to the finish line. Touchdown, Chargers. 66 yards to pay dirt. Melvin Gordon. There's Money. Matt Money Smith on the call there. Is there for that game. And, and Buck, I came away from that game. First of all, the Chargers, we've talked about them, are in good shape here uh, going forward to, to challenge Kansas City. They've got a couple home games coming up after a very long road trip. But my biggest takeaway, honestly, from this game was not Charger-related. It was Raider-related. There are zero playmakers on this team. Bucky, zero. I mean, they had some playmakers because I see some guys making plays. I saw Khalil Mack make plays. Mark Cooper. I saw Mark Cooper make plays on Sunday night. There's, I mean, I'm sitting there watching, okay, if you're trying to, you're Gus Bradley, what do we worry about here? And it's like, okay, Cook, decent tight end. He's athletic. That's that's, that's the only guy that can win. That's the only guy on their team that can win one-on-one. That is it. Nothing. They don't have anything. And even like the strength of the team, right? So, okay, they don't have – what do you build around here? What what are the pieces that are going to be a part of the next group of guys that come in? I look at it and I say, okay, Rodney Hudson's one of the best centers in the NFL, which he is. Mm-hmm. He's outstanding. And the other thing you looked at and say, well, they got two high-paid guards there in Assembly and, and Gabe Jackson. They were terrible. You know, Mel, that sack that you – the sack that uh, Melvin Ingram had, the strip sack, was on Assembly. Inside, put him on the guard, spin move, sack, fourth fumble. Assembly gave up another sack in that game. Gabe Jackson's late to pick up a twist against a chin and a woe, so he comes through and gets a sack. Like – that's what you're trying to rely on, and they're not playing well. It's, I mean, it's awful. They're an awful football team. It's funny because now the conversation has been about Tom Cable because Tom Cable leaves Seattle. Seattle's offensive line plays better. He goes to the Raiders. A they're line worse. that was solid now becomes worse, so you just kind of wonder. And if I'm John Gruden, I'm sitting here looking at this, and I have all these draft picks, and I have all this stuff, but what do I do? Where do I start? The hardest thing to do is to do a complete rebuild. We um, always want to have, like we talked about the Jets, right? The Jets might make some changes. Well, whoever walks in, there's going to have. He walks in with a solid young defense. quarterback. Yeah. They've got a, a big time defensive lineman, Leonard Williams. You got two really good linebackers, and Darren Lee and Avery Williamson. You, you got, got safety. Two, two young safeties, and yeah. one who's a star, and Jamal Adams. Like I look at this Raiders team, like who who are the core members that are going to be a part of this rebuild? I, I don't know who they are. I don't know. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you. I know he's hurt, but Colt Miller's not good. Yeah, the, the right tackle, other rookie, not good. No, nah, they, they've missed. I mean, they've missed, and then they let a lot of guys go. And in the last two or three drafts, I don't think they have anything remaining, and they've been trying to jettison Oof. whatever pieces they have remaining. So I don't know how you build this. I know John Gruden says that the phone is ringing, the flip phone is buzzing. Everybody wants because, to come there? Yeah, because what he's going to do is what he's always done. That means he's going to sign a lot of old veterans and try and make it that way. But – that's not a sustainable model. You can't win with a bunch of old guys on big contracts. Like, it's just not a way to necessarily win in today's game. It's a weird environment, too. When you go up there, it's like – it's like uh, I mean, like, because, like, like – Buck, it's like 1985. Yeah, I mean, two years like ago. A time warp. I mean, two years there. ago, this team was a team that you were excited about. There's a lot of buzz or whatever. And I'm going to say this. 
the quarterback, clock is ticking. It's not good. And the one thing was I'm sitting there because I'm I wondering like everybody else, why don't they throw the ball down the field? They don't even try and throw the ball down, down the field. And then you start watching at the end of every play, and I'm like, huh, they don't even have anybody down the field. Like they're not even trying to send any, and I don't know if that what came first, the chicken or the egg, is that Derek Carr won't throw vertically, so they stop even running guys down the field, <laughs> or or is it that they can't protect? So forget it. We're just gonna try and keep. And I think the bigger thing is Derek Carr. We can say what whatever whatever we thought about him. Whatever he's off his confidence. Yeah, he's an he, oh, there's he, none. So so here it is. When you get to the top of his drop, he's on number one. If number one's there and it comes out, it's pretty and everything works. If number one's not there. And you can put this again. Is it is it him? Is it the offensive line? If number one's not there, he freezes. He panics. He doesn't know where to go. He when I, when because he's, and, and he's and nine times out of ten he's right. He's going to get ready to get hit. If you don't get it to number one, you're going to get hit in the back. So even sometimes when the production does hold up, his if he comes off number one, it's like he's just kind of freezing. So I don't know. They're a mess. That is a they. A mess. I mean, they are a mess. I, I mean, major disappointment. And look, I know Mark Davis said, look, blame me for the one and eight or whatever start they have. And we will. We will blame him because you gave <laughs> the keys to the kingdom to John Gruden and it has not worked out for them. Patriots showing blitz. They don't. Mariota fires deep left side. He's going for Davis in the end zone. Corey's got it. Touchdown, Titans. Man, Marcus Mariota. Has found his way. He is getting comfortable in Matt LaFleur's offense. And the Tennessee Titans offense is beginning to roll. Marcus Mariota putting a second solid performance uh, back-to-back week. 16 for 24, 228 yards, two touchdowns. But more impressive than the numbers is how he's playing. I'm seeing a decisive Marcus Mariota get the ball out. He's giving the ball to his playmakers. He is using his legs when he has to. He's a part of a trick play, catches a little reverse pass down the sideline. They are finally kind of meshing what we thought Marcus Mariota was from college to what he can be in the pros, where he has a little bit of the athleticism, a little bit of the running, mixed with some precise pocket passing. The Tennessee Titans offense is solid. And then Pass off to Mike Vrabel. Woo! Defensively, they get after it. I knew they were a physical team. Haven't watched them the last couple of weeks. They've gotten after it. They've knocked people around. But his game plan against the Patriots, where they locked them up, played man-to-man, used a Dory Jackson. I know. He was all over As the Gordon. number one corner all over Josh Gordon. How about this? I went, when I watched this morning, uh, Gordon, first of all, the numbers, targeted 12 times, four catches. He was slipping. He had drops. Um, just not on the same page. But I, I clipped off three plays, and we'll show it on the aftermath today, uh, where you see Brady, I mean, falling off throws. But, there, hey, look, you want to play till you're 45. There's some self-preservation involved there. And this was like some old-school Peyton Manning stuff <laughs> where you see Peyton get ready to throw, just like just fall on the ground. Nobody there, just fall on the ground. He starts seeing he starts seeing some ghosts back there. He got hit a little bit. Yep. That's what, and, and that's what they know. Man, did you know? do you know how you would feel if you got hit right now? At our age, I know. Like, I'm, like I'm so. 40, think about that, 40. right? Like, th- th- no one wants to get hit like I that. I fell off the steps coming <laughs> back from Seattle. Coming, getting off the plane, I slid. I fell on my back. I got a bruise on my arm to show it. All the player buses there staring at you as you as I slipped and boom, 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 boom. You get up, or you're like, yes, I'm okay. No, we're talking. Yes, I'm fine. Yes. Fine. Yeah. Getting the boom. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and that's Tom this Brady. Guy's played in the NFL, and no one wants to play and get hit that long. And so that's why, surprisingly, though, when you have an older player, let's compare Tom Brady's plight to what the plight is of Drew Brees. As you get older, you need more. Yeah. So the New Orleans Saints have surrounded him with hey, that's more. That's a great way to put it. Better running backs, top playmaker at wide receiver. They try to get him tight ends and the like. They try to alleviate the pressure. When I look at the Patriots, they keep subtracting things. Yeah. That's not typically the way it goes. Playing the wrong and game of math. Yeah, wrong game. Zeke, 14 carries, 141 yards. Lines up to the left of Dak Prescott in the shotgun. Two receivers to the right. Single wide left, Beasley in motion. They fake the give to Beasley. Prescott on the roll to the right. Throws to Ezekiel Elliott. He will walk into the end zone untouched. And the Cowboys regain the lead 19-13 with 11.42 to go. Now this one, look, hats off to the Cowboys. I, I did not think they had a chance in this game. The Eagles coming off a bye. Eagles at home. Cowboys reeling. And sure enough, the Cowboys came in there, established a line of scrimmage, and they took care of business. But to me, one of the takeaways was the Eagles got to find a way to come out to a better start. Three points in the first half. And this is a team that's had a, had trouble offensively getting cranked up and getting going uh, in games this year. But, man, that, that just that killed them. Yeah, it, it, it killed them. They, they didn't play well. And I think what they're learning is hard to – it's hard to be the defending champion. You can get everybody's best shot. People are going to get up for you. And you also saw a team in Dallas that was a desperate team. Look, they're under the mandate. Everybody's job are on the line. The quarterback, the head coach, the offense coordinator, they've talked about it openly, about the considerations that they have for all of those guys in their respective positions. So you knew that they were going to come out fighting. The big thing for the Dallas Cowboys, it was about players, not plays. When I look at the amount of touches, Ezekiel Elliott had 19 rushes six receptions he was targeted seven times Amari Cooper targeted 10 times Cole Beasley targeted five times the Dallas Cowboys said this is a video game we're only going to give the ball to the guys that we know can do something with it everybody else back up we're going around Dak Zeke Beasley and Coop that's it there you go well get the get the ball to your best dudes give yourself the best chance to win no question that was a big win uh, for the Cowboys and uh, in a division man the uh, the Redskins in great shape in that division right now. Speaking of which. Oh, Harris goes in motion, lines up in the slot on the left side. Bibbs the running back. Alex takes a snap. Looking, looking, under heat. No place to go. Looking end zone. Fires. Caught. Caught. Redskins touchdown. Touchdown. That is Josh Doxson in the back of the end zone. What a play. That was a great laugh there at the end of that call. Phenomenal. Um, Great laugh. Hey, look, all I can say is don't sleep on the skins. Even though when you turn on your TV and you're looking at the Redskins play, it looks like it's in the middle of the 80s. It's 83, 84, 85. John Riggins appears to be playing running back. And it, all those guys, the funky bunch and the Smurfs and all that other stuff that was reminiscent of the skins in their heyday, they are playing a style that works for them. Defensively, they do a great job of keeping the score down. They've been able to hold opponents uh, to under 17, and when they do that, it's a winning formula. Adrian Peterson didn't have a 100-yard day, but he's given them an identity on offense, running the football, mixing a little Alex Smith play action and some occasional plays, and that's the way to get it done. 16-3 to over the Tampa Bay Bucks. Not necessarily flashy, but effective. They're sitting at top of the NFC East. And they're going to be a hard out because defensively, their investment in the front line, their investment in uh, Alabama is working out for them. I'm going to test your memory here. You remember the old days when people used to care about yards? Oh, remember yeah. those days? Who's the best defense in the league? Well, they're only giving up X amount of yards a game. Who cares? Yep. Tampa Bay, 500, over 500 yards, 501 yards of offense 
Redskins only 286. But you scroll down and see this number right here, turnovers, four for Tampa, zero for Washington. Man, you win the turnover battle, it's the easiest way to win games. Just by going plus one to turnover battle, your odds of winning like 64%. Plus two, it goes up to about 78, almost 80. Plus three is 90. So when you think about that with the Washington Redskins, just don't give the ball away. Don't give games away. You can win more than you lose. That's what the Washington Redskins have discovered. I'm trying to think of what the equivalent in baseball would be. 501 yards and three points. I guess you gave up a lot of hits. Unless you get like 14 hits and you get no runs. No runs. Like, how do you do that? Leave people stranded on base. (laughs) Yeah, it is. They left left guys on base. Just leave people stranded on third base. That's that's, that's what's happening for them. Tampa's leaving too many runners on. That's what they got to fix. Got to find a way to get that guy home. If you got to bunt him over, bunt him over. You got to find a way to get him in. So, so why would Derek Dirk cut Why would you admit that you took over play calling when you scored three points? Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, why, why, why would you do that? Maybe he's one of the, one of the old school offensive guys that looks at stats. Five hundred yards offense. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Good job. That uh, doesn't make any sense. Weird weekend, huh? I mean, unbelievable weekend. All right. Well, that's Gosh. Gonna, that's going to do it for us today. We could get out of here, but uh, I appreciate you guys listening. We'll be back in uh, less than twenty four hours with another podcast. Kent, nice work behind the glass. Uh, we'll catch you next time right here on Move the Sticks. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.